We had such an amazing time, y'all. I, I'm just so full. Uh, I got to preach. Some of y'all like got to. That's crazy. But I did. I had the honor to preach nine times in five days. That's a lot. So my voice was tired, um, but I never lost it. And there were people at camp that were losing their voice. And they were like, how do you still have voice? You preached four times last Sunday and then morning, night, and some of this other stuff. And you preached nine times. And I said, I don't know. And then yesterday I got home and I get, this is what my theory is about this. My throat was starting to hurt. My theory is I got into a clean environment. If y'all have ever been to camp, you know what I'm talking about. Got into a clean environment because that room that we were in, Austin, you need to talk to me right now. <laughs> y'all, you get, I don't know how many it was, like 13 dudes in a room. Half of them you got to ask to take a shower. The, the ladies in the room are like, oh my gosh, that is so nasty. I'm just telling you, it's the truth, everybody. It's gross. And so I'm just thinking, I, I didn't see you there, Pastor Jay. He snuck. He's, he's, a, he's sneaky. He was there, too, with us in the room. So it's, it had this smell when you walked in. It was like a cloud. And I think it kept my throat good. I think it was so gross, it was like grease down my throat, and it was good. But, but we just had an amazing time. Saw 27 people saved during the week. 22 got baptized. It was just amazing. And, and we're celebrating, everybody. Um. But the Lord gave me something during the week that I felt like I was supposed to give to y'all. So I came back yesterday. We prayed over y'all last night, and I, I uh, made sure that I wasn't losing my mind and got it in the computer last night. But I feel like I'm on an assignment, on a mission today, and I hope that y'all will receive it because it's for you, wherever you are, whatever you're going through. And here, let me just tell you what I know. Uh, I know that some of y'all walked in here with such heavy hurt from loss, from difficulties that even in this week, by the way, or the last few months, that the way that you, listen to this, identify yourself, the way that you identify your thumbprint is, is different than maybe you want me to see your identity. Because if y'all have social media, and if you don't, don't get it, but if you have social media, that was free, some of y'all missed it, but cesspool of crazy, okay, but don't worry about that, but if you have social media, there's this thing called bio. Y'all know what I'm talking about at the top? If you know, say yep. So at the top of Twitter, I read it this morning, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it says like pastor of four points, uh, husband, daddy, and then Gamecock fan. And so it's good, good, girl, right? It crash and burn. But, but I want everybody to say follower of Christ, whatever. I want everybody to identify with me, so I tell you what I want you to know. But here's the truth. The truth of the matter is I only can reproduce after what I am, after what I am, not what I say. If those two connect, that's great. But I want you to perceive and believe certain things about me so that I can put on this persona that, oh, look how good pastor is. And the truth is I'm, I'm dying inside. I'm hurting inside. Everything's falling apart. And I believe one of the biggest problems in our life and the reason that we struggle so bad with our fingerprint, with, with who we are, with how we identify ourselves is, is, is like, forgive me, but past daddy issues or other things and we just, we reach out, we're broke and we're embarrassed to be seen with other people with money. We, we have all these things in our lives and so we just say, well, I don't need to associate with these people because they have. My assignment today it's to tell you that I want to associate with all of those people because I have what they don't have, and that's Jesus. 
And if we would ever see ourselves as he sees us, then, then our want-tos and our belief about ourselves in the, in the most internal ways would shift and change. But the truth is we don't. So I was on this trip with a, a pastor buddy. Well, it was five of us. And we meet in different places. They're from all different states. Uh, and we just become good friends on trips to Israel and stuff like that. And so uh, they all pastor big churches and they're great guys. And one of them uh, looked at me in a hotel over a year ago in Atlanta. And he said, Mark, I believe one of your biggest problems is you have a lot of knowledge. You're full of a lot of knowledge. You can spit out every place in, in Israel. And it's weird, excuse me, it's weird how much you remember. And you have great talent, but you are misaligned. Here's what he meant by that, because I heard him and I was like, who are you talking to, right? You talking to me or are you talking to this Mark, right? You better back up before I punch you in the neck. But I didn't say that. Lord, you still receive all the glory. But, like, I, but I, I, I thought about what he said, and this is what he said exactly. Mark, I believe that your church is going to be massive. And I believe it's going to have a kingdom imprint, which is what Kavad means. That's why I put it on my arm right here. That is his stuff left on the earth. And, and your purpose, listen to this, your purpose for being here is to leave, to, to show people his glory and then to leave his stuff behind. That is what we are kingdom citizens in the kingdom of God. That is what we're supposed to do. But listen, he said this, but you can't do that if you're listening to too many voices. And, and this is what it's like, y'all. And, and if you're not here today, then that is awesome. You're allowed to tune me out and I'm going to call you a liar. But I'll just whisper it and don't won't tell anybody. But this is what it's like. When I'm around you, I act one way and make sure that you perceive me in a certain way. And when I'm around you, and when I'm around you, and when I'm around you. And I have to make certain people of certain groups think differently about me. And then I listen to what you say, and I try to mold myself into that. And I try to mold myself into this. And then, I, listen, as a pastor, this is the truth. Y'all can judge me if you want to. I love you. Judge me all you want. But this is what it's like. And this is what my life was like. I'm just putting my cards on the table. Had people who I'm close to who would tell me, you don't need to do these certain things. And I would listen to them, and then I would come in and dump on the staff. You're not allowed to say anything. I would dump on the staff, we can't do this anymore. But I wasn't listening to his voice. I was listening to their voice. And this is what I learned. It's not their fault. Some of them might even be trying to help me. But it was causing me to be a chameleon and to be crazy in my mind and to try to make him happy and her happy and him happy. And I had misalignment, and here's what I realized. That was never their fault. It was my fault for listening. I don't have to dislike them to not listen to them, but I have to guard very carefully whose voice I'm really getting influenced by. That doesn't mean that I don't listen to positive criticism. If y'all see a flag down outside, we don't even know if we have a flag, but if y'all see a banner that's hanging down or something, we want to know those things. Do you know what I mean? But for the vision of the church, for the place that the church is going, if I'm listening to 500 people and I'm like, oh, I got to make you happy, I got to make you happy, I got to make you happy, then I'm losing my mind. That's how life is. I get mad if you don't like a Facebook post for real, like that's the only thing that you do in your life. I get mad if you don't share something because that's the, y'all, y'all don't have any life other than four points. But it's reality. And it's because my alignment, listen, my alignment is fixed on what you think and not what he said. And as a result, I live this 
I've said this my whole life. I, I'm tired of living a roller coaster Christian life. You all know what I mean? Maybe, maybe I have it a little worse than some because of my personality type. Some of y'all have even, Stephen, just solid, everything's good. You never know if it's up or down. That is not your pastor, everybody. Okay. Amen. I was waiting on that from the lady I live with. Yeah, it, it's the truth. But, but, but I found that the more I'm in tune with him, the more that I am in Christ. I am even. My personality doesn't change, but he gives me hope. He gives me joy. He gives me different things. And, and so the deal is, and I want y'all to know this, if you walk away with nothing else, I want you to walk away with this. I am who I align myself with. Like if you show me your five closest friends in this world, the five people that you spend the most time with, I will tell you where you're headed. I will tell you what your life is going to be. I will tell you what it's going to look like. And I, I, this is the argument. People say, well, not me. Listen, I love you, okay? This is with love from your pastor. But when you go number two, it stinks too, everybody. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all don't get it yet, so that means poop, everybody. Like, everybody's the same. No one gets like a Trump card. No, it's not me. I didn't mean Trump like that guy, Trump. And no, no, that was good. Some of y'all will get it in two hours, but it was good. But, but everybody's the same. And so whoever I am being influenced by, that's what I mean. And, and some people would argue immediately, the Bible says that we should, have, we should go reach the world with the gospel. Absolutely. Does that mean I hang out with some of them? Absolutely. But it means that I'm not being influenced directly by them. Young people, I love you, but I'm fixing to talk to you. If you're dating people that are not like-minded and like-spirited in the Word and in Christ, stop well, pastor, I will reach them for the gospel, and in the meantime, I'm just going to love on them. Lies! Ain't done it. I need some mamas in here to talk to me. And some of y'all, I'm not trying to be ugly, but let's just put all our cards on the table, are living with the results of that, aren't you? This is what I've realized in my own life. Anytime that my feelings get hurt, anytime my feelings get hurt, because of what you said, it's my fault. Because I've either allowed you that much access to me. Or I'm listening. You know what I mean? Like, I live and die by what people say on social media. Are we serious right now? I, I looked just now just to see and laughed out loud. I have, I think it's 3,302 Facebook friends. Can I let y'all in on something? I don't know 3,302 people <laughs> talking about Willis, I see people at these things, if I speak, like I spoke last week in Chattanooga, and I got like 50 new friends. I don't know them cats. Come on now. I know y'all a whole lot better than I know those 50. I don't even know if I'll see those people again, but I'm their friend. Well, if one of those people, I've been in blogs lately. I've been in a couple blogs with some buddies. I need y'all to be proud of this. We've been called, uh, what, a cult? Praise the Lord because we're speaking down the spirit of religion and religion doesn't like it and that's free for whoever's watching online. I love you in the love of the Lord. But, but I need you to know that if that bothers me truly, now listen, then I have an alignment problem. Y'all ever had a car? I need y'all, now we need to talk seriously right now. Okay, don't lie to me. Okay, if you are rich in this room and you've always been rich, then you may just need to put your hand down but you're going to be off this cat's same page. I've had one car in my life that was newer, and it was a Jeep Cherokee Laredo that my pops let me drive back in the day. 
And I got to driving until Davin talked me into doing donuts. He's here. I don't know where he is, but I need him to tell the truth in this place right now and pop his head in the door if he's out in the hallway. He talked me into doing donuts at the church, and so we did it. And then someone called my dad, and I didn't get to drive the car anymore. <laughs> it didn't hurt nothing. It was fun. But besides that, I've had cars with some age, everybody. And this is what I found with those awesome cars, and I'm thankful. So y'all don't hear my heart not being thankful. But this is what I found with my cars. Everybody say a line. We don't have very good alignment most of the time in my cars. Now, it may be how I drive. <laughs> Whoever, I heard y'all say yes. That's too much agreement. That's, it's not the right time for talking back. But I don't, I don't always drive great, and then I drive on 85 every day. <laughs> like if y'all know what I'm talking about, because it's awesome. Praise the Lord, they're fixing it. Slowly but surely, they're fixing it. But this is, this, I'm, I'm, this is such a pet peeve of mine. When I'm driving down the road, and I don't have good alignment, which is currently my situation in the van, for some reason, I never learn, and I put change in the cup holder. Do y'all know what I mean? Hmm. And it feels like I just won the lottery or something. <laughs> I won the big money. I'm like, shut up. And then my cup rubs against the, the stupid dash the whole time. And I'm like, just shaking the whole time. And I get here and I'm like, <laughs> also like, are you cold? No. Right? I'm like, this is nuts. And it's like I have a 20 inch tire with a 17 inch tire with a bicycle tire with a Lawnmower tire, everybody, it's crazy. And, and listen, I've gotten to realign three times. <laughs> it still happens. The state's going to fix it, though. But that was free. That was free. But if y'all have ever had bad alignment, you know what I mean by that. Like, it's, it's terrible to have bad alignment. And yet, and so I really don't want to take long, and so I get it fixed. And when you're supposed to get it rotated, you know, when the oil gets changed, and I do a good job of that, and they fix it and everything. And so we get it right. And then, listen, I find myself drifting back because I hit a pothole in my life. But you know what's interesting that I've noticed is I find myself listening potholes to the wrong people. And I don't get realigned. I just keep going and I think, and if y'all have never said this, it's cool. But I think to myself, it'll fix itself. You know what I've noticed about my car? <laughs> it ain't ever fixed itself. It gets worse, everybody. <laughs> Leah showed me this last night, and I thought it was really fascinating. I'm going to let y'all in on how smart I am. I never really paid attention to why the sunflower was called the sunflower. But did y'all know? <laughs> please just lie to me if you didn't. Did y'all know that sunflowers follow the sun all the time? I didn't know that's why they were called that. Why didn't someone tell me that? I feel really smart. Power to the people. All right. But this is what happens. Listen, y'all need to go to YouTube and watch a time-lapse video. Even when they're little, when the sun comes up in the morning, they follow it the whole day. It's unbelievable. They follow the sun, follow the sun. Then they sleep. It's crazy. They're, and they droop down. And then the sun comes up, they follow the sun. And then they're back. And they follow the sun, and they're back. And they sprout out, and they get all this stuff, and then they go back. Always. Guess what? No one had to teach them this. They just do it. What if we did that? What if we followed the Son of God, S-O-N, not S-U-N, all the time, and, and our alignment was truly Him? 
It changed everything. But I want to blame you for my problems instead of realizing what I'm really locked in on. And I want you to just remember this as a picture, that, that if you cut this off, it doesn't matter how pretty it is. We focus all of our attention on how pretty, right? But if it's not rooted into something, then it misses all of its point. If it doesn't get water and nutrients from the ground, and if it can't see the sun, then it will die. The Bible actually talks about this in James, that flowers wither up and die when it doesn't receive its nutrients. That is us. That is a picture of us. And here's what Jesus said in John chapter 15, and this is where I am comes in. By the way, I am starts in verse 1 in John chapter 15. It says, I am the true vine, which tells me if there's a true vine, then there's a false vine which I believe most of us, at least some of the time, get tapped into. And then Jesus says this in verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And so I may do great things in Christ, but at the end of the day, I'm just a branch. He is the vine. By the way, verse 1 says that our Father, God the Father, is, is the vine dresser or the gardener, the, 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 the farmer, if you will. He's the one that makes the harvest come. He's the one that does all these things. I believe in the Lord of the harvest, but I am not him. I may be responsible for receiving water. I may be responsible for sowing new seed because as a flower, as a plant, whatever illustration you want to give, I reproduce after my own kind. So whatever I am, I will keep doing. But at the end of the day, I cannot make something grow. Only he can. Don't miss that. Whoever, everybody say, abides. In me and I in him, he it is, Jesus, in us. Now I bear much fruit. For apart from Jesus, as the vine, I can do nothing. Look at this. This is what the word abide means. I think this is fascinating. It means, it's the word meno. Everybody say meno. That's Greek. Y'all are now Greek scholars, everybody. But it actually translates best, wait, remain in, or keep walking. Some of your translations say, remain in me and I in him. And wait, I think that's an interesting word. Because when we hear the word wait, can we be honest in here, everybody? What do y'all think when you hear wait? Stop! In the night. No, that's not what we think. We think breaks, right? We think don't do anything. That is not what that word means. That word means wait like you're in the starting blocks because the green light hasn't flashed yet, but you are on go. You are on go. You're just waiting on that, pow, and then you're running as fast as you can. There's a verse, if y'all grew up in church, you know this verse, Isaiah 40, 31. I remember my dad growing up had a big picture of this. It was really cool in his office, and it says, even youths grow tired and weary, and we fall down. But those who, everybody say it, wait on the Lord. He will renew their strength. He will mount us up on wings like eagles so we can run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. And I learned this. I read this a couple weeks ago and thought this was fascinating. Who was here for the volunteer night? Show me your hand. Volunteer night where we were racing the trucks and everything. So out, we were outside and we had this, uh, it was crazy. We did all kinds of stuff. And, and the last thing that you could do in this race that we had was these remote control trucks. And while we were outside watching, I know some of y'all weren't there, but it's good. It was fun. The last thing that we did in our team night, in our teams, is we were outside and we looked up and we saw an eagle. And I said, do they know that this is Spartanburg County, South Carolina? Why is an eagle flying? And I'm serious. It wasn't a hawk. It wasn't a falcon. It was an eagle. 
And we looked up and said, it was just so pretty. It was so huge. And I noticed something about it is it never flapped its wings. It just stayed out the whole time its, its wings were out. And this is what I learned about eagles. Their nests are massive if you ever see them. As big as eight feet in circumference. That's big. And when an eagle is ready to fly, it gets like we would be in the starting block, and it feels the wind. And there's what's called an updraft of hot wind. There's, there's an updraft of warm air that happens. And when the eagle leaves, it flaps one time really hard. Can y'all just picture it? Y'all have seen it. Sometimes they can fly more. If they're diving down, maybe they do something else or if they're flying low to the ground. But if it just wants to soar and wants to go to where it needs to get to, if it wants to get to its destination, whoosh, and then it's just. And I can just picture it, all those little birds down on the ground just fighting, 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 trying to do, and that's us. That's us just fighting, trying to go where we want to go and listening to everybody and doing our thing. And then the eagle's just up there, what's up with y'all? I'm doing my thing. Waiting does not mean staying still. It means listening to God and going when he says go. And one of my pet peeves, I love everybody, hopefully, sometimes. But I, I love people, but this, this, I just want to cry when I hear this. Like, you just got saved. This is an example. You just got saved. I don't know if there's anybody in here, so I can say this with clarity and not feel bad. It's time to take your next step and get baptized. And this is what people say. Well, I don't know if I'm ready, but let me pray about it. <laughs> pray to who? God's the one that said to do it, everybody. Like, I'm pretty sure if he said repent and then get baptized, he wants you to go get baptized. So if you pray, I'm, the next answer I'm going to give is praise the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and sign you up, right? But we don't really want to pray about it. We just want to wait. And we want to wait in our terms. And that's the problem with being rooted or being him the vine. Is We're cool with him being the vine as long as we get to call the shots. When he's the vine, he's got all the shots. But he's got your best and your destiny in mind. He knows where you've already been because he's already been where you're going. And he knows what the final results are because he's already won the victory. And if we would ever trust him, then we would... We would sit down and rest in him knowing that it's time to go. Not sit and rest in him going, okay, I got my drink. I got my, my feet kicked up. Got my little umbrella thing in the drink. Got sunglasses. I'm retired. There's no retirement. There's refirement in the Bible. And we need to realize that I'm never called to retire. I'm called to keep going. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You have a great calling on your life. And it's time for us to claim what is ours. Verse 6. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch that withers, or excuse me, and withers. Y'all have seen trees that get old and they die? And the branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire. What happens to that old wood when it burns? <laughs> right? It's like kindling. Y'all have seen it? You ever try to burn a brand new branch? It's so annoying. Like you just cut a tree down, it's like, we'll burn this. You got to let it cure out and get dried out and rot because it won't burn. The Bible says at the end of our lives, what we've done and why we've done it will be judged. In the Bema seat, I'll get into that later. But it just means that I, that I show the Lord what he meant to me in, in heaven one day. And it says that some people will have, these are saved people, wood, hay, and stubble if it was all about them. But then there will be some that have precious stones, gold, and silver. And, and when fire hits precious stones, it illuminates and it looks bright and it's beautiful and it and becomes more pure. But when it hits wood, hay, and stubble, it, it's gone. 
when I see the king one day, I want him to see all that he is worth seeing. And today, it's the same way. You can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. But if you're not vined, if he's not the one you're aligned with, if he's not the one that, that you're listening to and going with and, and everybody that comes into your life or comes out of your life, you say, God, show me and let's go. Wherever we're going is all about you. If that's not the case, you can do whatever you want to do. But it's a waste of time. But in Christ, when he's the vine, and I'm abiding, remaining, hoping, keeping going in him no matter what my circumstances are, it illuminates and the world knows that I'm his. If you abide in me, my words, what's, what's God's word? Try it again. Thank you, Wade, though. You knew. Praise God. You get all the glory for that, too. What's God's word? One more time. Six of you that time. I'm asking for all of you to answer this back. What is God's word? Awesome. The Bible. And, and, and he says, if the Bible, if my words, if what I've said remains in you, how does that remain in you? I've got to know it. The Bible says, I'll know the truth and the truth will set me free. Google don't help you in a bad situation, everybody. If I don't hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him, then, then it doesn't matter anymore. And I bet if I ask and poll the audience, how much time, I'm not going to do it because I love you, but how much time did, I, did you spend in the word last week? You would think either that's your job, right? That's the pastor's job. You got to do it and then you give it to us. It is my job to deliver a message, but it's all of our callings to walk in Christ and be in his vine. And we spend hours on watching TV and this stuff and on social media and in our phones. And five minutes, if, if we're good, in the Word. It's hard to abide in something that you don't even know where it is. I'll move on. I love you. And ask whatever you wish. The way that you ask, please, I love you, but talk to me. I need your help. I feel like I don't have enough clothes on when y'all don't talk to me. It feels weird. Well, how do you ask for something? When you're talking to God, when you're talking to God and you ask, what does it look like? What do you do? you got to pray just to make it today. I ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And, and we struggle and we struggle and we struggle and we struggle with the same things over and over. And so we think about it and we tell our friends and we tell everybody else, but we never ask him. What if instead of stressing for five hours and praying for two minutes, we prayed for five hours and stressed for two minutes? I wonder what the difference would be. I wonder what miracles would fall in our lives if that would happen. Mm. That'll preach. Keep going. By this, my Father is glorified. That's our purpose, by the way, is to bring glory to God. That you may bear much fruit like that sunflower bears fruit. So that you prove to be my disciples, not by what you do, but by who you're vined or abiding in or, or aligned with, if you will. As the Father loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in his love. This, how, this is what it looks like in the verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that, listen to this, my joy. So this is what John's saying here. All of these things that I just wrote. And I'm quoting what Jesus said. Jesus is quoting, quoted here. I've, I've told you all those things that I just said about who you're aligned with and who you're abiding in, who you're remaining in, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Here's the truth. We go for temporary happiness, which is outside. And so we focus on what the flower looks like. And we make sure that the flower's pretty. 
We don't want anybody to think that the flower stinks. Y'all know what I'm talking about with poopery or whatever that stuff is. And we want to make sure that everybody thinks the best about us. And so we focus on outside, outside, outside. And when your team wins or your kids get a good grade or whatever happens, you get happiness. But when disaster comes your way, because in this life, next chapter, you'll face trials and tribulations of many kind, but take heart, he has overcome the world. Whenever those come and you're thinking about outside, happiness, the joy that comes in the morning is not there for you and you feel hopeless and empty. So you define yourself, listen, by all those things in your life that you hate. I'm ugly. I'm hopeless. I'll never be enough. I'll never be what he's called me to be. I wish I could be more. And here's what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 that I believe shows us how we abide in him. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you his spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Listen, here's how. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, what's really inside starts illuminating when I'm in Christ and when, I'm, when, when his taproot or his vine is in me that you may know what is the, everybody say hope what is the hope to which he has called you to, listen I'm called to pastor and I love this calling, I'm so honored to be called by this but listen, that does not outweigh my calling to the Lord Jesus that is a much higher calling the fact that he called me out and said I know you're filthy I know you're sorry I know you're full of shame but I'm calling you home so that you can be mine and I can put my stuff on you and people can know that you're my disciple no matter what I've been through he doesn't say shame on you he says shame off of you and that's powerful y'all that's what it means listen he's called all of you who identify yourself as a Christian in this room he's called all of you to that and if you're called, and if you're one of us, and if you're not, you're going to be in a minute. Everybody say, yeah. If you're not, we want you with us because it's way better. Why? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance for all of us saints? Now, now people get mad when you say there's great inheritance in Christ, but I just want to drop the mic and say my final argument, Mr. Judge, is he said it, not me. That, that he's called me his son and you his sons and daughters in Christ. And I have a great inheritance and a great calling and I will finish greatly if I'm in Christ. My goodness. Verse 19. And the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us. And then listen, in us, Acts 1.8, who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised Jesus from the dead, and Jesus is now seated on the right hand. Listen, I'm about to go right here, verse 21. Whoa, this is good. And all of those names that you call yourself. But my dad said I was lazy, and he never told me he loved me. And my husband left me, and my kids, and all of these things happened to me. And this week, I, I had sex outside of marriage, and I did all of these things. And so you name yourself these things, and then we identify ourselves as these things. I am. And we call ourselves the nastiest things that we might have heard one time someone else say. It's a, it's a me problem because I'm aligned with the wrong people if I'm listening to the wrong things. I want to be aligned with one. My goodness. And I want to be aligned with one whose name is above some names. Is that what it says? almost every name above every name and this is what we think it means king so and so 
Prince so-and-so. All the important people, he's above them too. No, it's the names that you call yourself as well. There's not any name that you've ever heard about you that's above his name. Stop believing that junk about yourself and believe that his name is above that name. Listen, this is what it says. Every name that is named, not only now, and not only in the past, but in the age to come. There will never, ever be a name you're called, be a name you're given, be a name under heaven by which we must be saved, by which we must be bind in, connected to, always having him and me and him and me and following him day and night if I want to receive joy. But if I just want to receive happiness, I can keep doing my thing. And y'all, it's a train wreck of emotion. I'm not emotional because I hope I get something. I'm emotional because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every day. No matter where I've been or what I've done, he chooses to call me righteous. And his son, why? Because his name is better. And then listen to this. This might even be better than that. And he put all things. Everybody say all things. Not almost everything, not everything but your thing. All things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, capital C, to the whole church, to the bride of Jesus, to us, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And that word all in all is trying to show you that there's literally nothing that can escape the greatness of God, the greatness of his name, the power of his might, and the love that he has for you. Here's the deal. The truth is you can get really motivated by a pastor or by a song and say, I'm going to change and this is going to be different. But you won't change just feeling good about yourself. This is what I told the students this past week that I've heard before, and I think it's so good. We leave camps with great intentions. We leave church services that are powerful with great intentions. But if I punch in my GPS intending to go to Atlanta and I miss the zip code by one letter, and I'm sorry, one number, y'all, I can end up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and try to go to the ATL by one number. And I'm like, I put Fanfare Center 29645 and it's no it's 29643 you missed it you had intentions to get there but you ended up there because direction not intention determines my destiny my destination if I have any ear for anyone that does not have my best because they're in Christ and they're pouring into me. If I'm listening to all these other chatterboxes in my mind, and the enemy, by the way, is who is the real chatterbox, that you repeat the lie to yourself over and over, this is what I am, then I may be really intentional to go out and do stuff for the Lord. And I'm going to read the Bible every day, but one bad thing comes your way, and it crushes everything, and I keep going the wrong direction. And I say, what's wrong? Only possible way for your GPS to be going right is to be on that starting block and wait upon the Lord follow the Son all the time in Christ. This is what I want y'all to know. Your direction is determined by your alignment. And for those in Christ, can I tell you why I believe I can speak with passion and authority today that's different than two years ago? I don't think I all of a sudden learned how to speak. But I got my alignment 
and I believe God's giving me his assignment. It's not my assignment. He leads me down a path of righteousness for his name's sake. But I know this, y'all. I know that he who began a good work in me will see me through to the day of completion in Christ Jesus. And that my vine is not me. And I don't have to be smart enough or good enough or tall enough or short enough. I'm not going to be that. Or whatever it is in my life to be good enough for y'all to make you think that you love me or I don't love you or whatever the case may be. This church is not the church for everybody, but that doesn't make them bad people. Just misplaced people. They'll find a house of worship for them and praise God for that. But we're going to change the world, everybody. And it's not because your pastor's great, but it's because we're going to be aligned with the one that we need to be aligned with and be a kingdom-moving church, an army that rises up. Why? Because we know our direction and we know our assignment because of our alignment. That's it. Never think it's about me. Please kill that idol because it's a big, goofy, big-lipped idol that we never need to worship. My gosh in heaven, I'm a dude that is completely jacked up in my mind. But I want y'all to know this. I speak with authority and a prophetic voice only because of him. And since we're doing I am, I just wanted y'all to know this. And you can receive it or you can leave it. But I'm telling you, Mark Pangle is going exactly where he is aligned. End of story. So let me close with this. It's where we started. It's where we'll finish. The reason for today's message it's not so that I can yell a lot and get a nice glisten going. That's the Holy Ghost, everybody. That's what it looks like. But it's so that you can understand what Jesus said and then understand how it's his name. This is what John 15, 12 says. He said, I've said all of this stuff to you so that my joy, Jesus, may be in you that your joy may be full. If today you came in here and you weren't full, you don't have to, to leave that way. If you didn't feel complete because of what you are, what you're called, what your name is, let him change that and know who I am. Because y'all, I am not what they say about me. And I am not what I used to be. I'm a son of the Most High has a great inheritance in Christ and while my flesh may fail I know my God he never will I love that song y'all my I may be weak but your spirit's strong in me I just wonder today and you started by praying and, the, and you asked the Lord show me what I need to receive if the Lord's telling you right now I'm ready to make your joyful the opposite or the only other alternative to joy full is joyless to have an absence of joy in our life and so the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season can I translate that? it'll make you happy but it'll leave you so empty inside won't it? y'all know what I mean we've given up our lives and our bodies and our future and our inheritance to try to, to get the next thing. Can I tell you, Jesus is not a get out of hell free card, but it's joy, and his joy comes in the morning, and his joy completes me, and he makes all things new, and he replaces my heart of stone where I get so frustrated and angry, and I find myself so lacking, and he just makes me new again, and when I sing, I just 
blare out in the car or blare out in my office, and there's just something that happens when the Spirit of God meets me and then covers me. Can I just tell you as your pastor that I believe my number one goal in my life is that you can experience that and that an army raises up to reach them. I know it's not my job to reach them. I know it's my job to lead you. But you can leave here with the greatest intentions in the whole world and leave here empty inside. I just want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Lord, what would you have me do? Will y'all say that out loud? Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what would you have me do? What are you saying to me right now, Lord? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give you a chance to respond briefly. Pastor Mark, the truth is I came in here today and I can't say that I was lacking nothing because of all kinds of hurt and difficulty and I've defined myself by those things and the truth is I feel really empty inside. Pastor, I don't want to leave here anymore with good intentions, but I want to be abiding in Christ, rooted in Him. I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. I want to have the hope of glory inside of me every single day. This is for Christians, everybody. You know that you're saved, but you're not full of hope. Pastor, that's what I want to leave here with today. This is not rededication. This is just realignment. If that's you, just slip your hand up, put it right back down. Pastor, that's me. Hands all over the room. I would say the majority of the room. I need to do this as well. I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different if this is you. But if you don't know Jesus, you've got to worship God this morning. I just want you to fill that worship God out. And I want you to check the box. I want to be saved. But I want to know that so that I can pray with you. And then I'm going to have you drop that in the orange box. Here's how you know you're not saved. If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus and allowed him to have all of you, and he's pulling on your heart and you want to trust him as Savior today, your destiny, the end of your life is hell because he is the one that's mighty to save. And he gives you hope and a future in heaven and an inheritance here and now. But if you're hopeless and you don't know Jesus, y'all, this is for you. And we want that for you so bad, but you got to want it for you. If you care about the person beside you, you still got some alignment problems. You need Jesus to cover you with his blood. That's how you have forgiveness. And if you know you need that today, I just want to see your hand. Just show it to me right now. Say, that's me. I'm the one you're talking to. Come on, who is it? I'm the one in the room that, that needs Jesus to save them. Lord, you know our hands. You know our hearts. I believe you saved people in here today in the two services and you gave us a new hope. But now, Lord, we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to sing an amazing song of worship and praise. Not so that we hope that we get your love, but because you love us so much. Before I was born, when I was in my mama's womb, you knew my innermost parts. You called me by name. You knew the hairs on my head love me so much and you love every single man, woman, and young person in this room so deeply. And God, we just want to tell you we love you back and we want to abide, remain in, wait, and run with you so that we can do all that you called us to do so that we can glorify your name. God, we leave here today as a group of people that are ready to change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ for your purpose and your glory. And now we're just going to lift up our hands like this is the last time we'll ever worship and shout the name of the Lord because your name is greater and mighty to save. We love you, Jesus, and we're so thankful. And if anybody in this room is thankful, I need you to say amen.
Let's stand and sing.